Hi, welcome to another episode of Ask Someone Else with yourself, with yourself, with myself, Property by Kazi. Um, you know, we're here each and every week, every Sunday on the Property by Kazi Instagram to talk to you all live and direct about something in property. Um, every week we've got a special guest and today is no different. Um, we're going to have Abby on talking all about rent to rent. For those that don't know about rent to rent, we're going to explain that shortly. Um, and also, if you don't already know, if you're catching this or if you've got to come in and then go out and do something else because it is your busy Sunday, um, you know, you can catch this on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts and Spotify. We'll be live and direct on all of those with the update of the audio as well as the full episode out on the um, YouTube, which is Property by Kazi, all one word. Get subscribed if you're not already subscribed there. Um, in the meantime, while we wait for Abby to join... Please let me know where you're all from, where everyone's logging in from. Um, and if you've got any questions, use the question box at the bottom to ask your questions. We'll pin them and we'll make sure we'll answer them directly. Jake, how you doing, brother? Let's have a look. Um, let's have a look. Let me get Abby invited right now so we can get going and everybody can get value for money out of this. What's up, Justin? Yeah, yeah. So I've just added it in. I'm just waiting for it to accept. Okay, so we've got Manchester, London, Brum. Hi. How you doing? You all right? Is that, a filter? is that a filter I see? Yeah, I always put filter on. That, is that a filter I see? Yeah. You're the first. Okay, so this is, this is the new generation of, you know, property <laughs> investors that, you know, not only, not only invest and jaja and vavavum their properties, <laughs> but you jaja and vavavum your face as well. I like it. I like it. Constant, constant, you know, dressing. It's amazing. So how are you doing? You okay? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. I'm very pleased you've joined us this um, this Sunday because we're going to be discussing something that a lot of people have asked me about. A lot of people have requested I get somebody on to discuss, which is rent to rent. Yeah. Um, before we dive into rent to rent, um, can you just tell, for those that don't know a little about yourself, well, guys, um, I'm 24 years old. I do rent to rent, and I have two properties of my own. Um, they're four newly built in Liverpool, and I teach people how to do rent to rent. So, yeah. Okay, nice. And so, when did you first start doing rent to rent? Um, I'd say like five years ago, but I was more serious when I had my daughter. I believe that like she's the one who really pushed me more. Um, you get but the motivation. Yeah, 100%. But literally, I've been doing rent to rent and I believe it's brought me a lot of income, of course, mm -hmm. and cash flow. The cash flow is brilliant in rent to rent and you could do it literally anywhere, anywhere around the world. But obviously, you're, everyone's in the UK, but you never have to live in yourself. You could do it maybe in USA because the world mm -hmm. is so, with technology now, you can reach out to so many people so much more easier. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting, because funny enough, before you joined, I was actually asking everyone where they're from, and we had some people from the Midlands, Birmingham, Manchester, I think I saw Liverpool, so you're saying, you know, in your opinion, rent-to-rent -rent is viable in all of these cities? A hundred percent, yeah, a hundred. Okay, um, so for those that don't know, I, I've been involved in rent-to-rent -rent myself for around five years, I'm not currently, I exited about a year ago now, um, but I've done rent-to-rent -rent for, for like five years. Abby did ask me briefly what we're going to talk about today. And I said, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, we're just going to chat. 
but also I like to, you know, as somebody who's teaching rent to rent, I think it's important that we make sure the teachers are fully qualified. So I'm <laughs> going to ask you a couple of questions myself, along with the questions that we're going to get from um, everybody that's logged in. It's, it's weird. I saying that I've received two questions, but I can't actually see them. So you might just have to use the comment section to ask the questions because Instagram is playing up at the moment. Um, so when did you get your first rent to rent property? My first rent to rent five years ago. I'd say five years ago, literally. Yeah. Okay. During that time, it was, I didn't get a lot at that time, but I was getting them. But once again, I believe like when I had my daughter, literally like I went fast and furious mode, like literally very fast mm. in hotels faster. Maybe because, oh my gosh, I have a daughter now, blah, 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 blah. But literally, it was a thing where I went on zero to 100, literally. And I'll be, I'll be, I was, like, getting five deals every, not every day, every week. But then I yeah. stopped because I had to calm down. And I wanted to obviously let out the property to tenants. Um, but then after, when I actually got my own properties, I literally put them away. And then I wanted to focus on my own first. And then I wanted to rebuild all over again. So, yeah. Okay. So, let's start with, for those, obviously, not everybody is familiar with rent-to-rent. So, can you just explain the rent-to-rent model um, as simplistic as, as possible, please? Okay. So, rent-to-rent is essentially, yeah, you are a property manager of a landlord's property and you're providing them guaranteed rent. So, you're giving them rent every single month and then whatever's left for you is your profit. And how you make more money in that is when you do per a room. So mm -hmm. instead of the whole family, you're not going to really make much. But when you're doing it per room, you're making more income. That's why I teach my students that you can make 400 minimum profit, not revenue, but profit. So, yeah. Uh, okay. That's nice. So you obviously, you make the profit from the difference that you rent the property for versus whatever fees you have and then your difference is the difference between those two um so how many when you say per room how many do you have like a minimum number of rooms you go for yeah minimum four rooms to be honest minimum four mm -hmm. rooms is a good number i believe mm -hmm. and four is a good i don't want to complicate things but four is a good number when you want to buy a property because some areas for HMO license, it has, you have to have five or more occupants inside the property. So in saying that, if you've got a four bed, you can still do shared accommodation, but mm -hmm. don't need to get a HMO license, if that makes sense. So you limit the, over, you limit the overheads, you limit your exposure to risk as well. And then obviously, if you have more of an appetite towards risk or you have higher capital to start mm -hmm. up, then you can look at stuff with, um, with HMO license. Okay, so then... Typically, so you gave that example now of what rent-to-rent -rent is. Now, the next question most people would want to know is, look, if I want to get into rent-to-rent, -rent, how much money do I need to start out? Like, how much does a typical rent-to-rent -rent deal cost and what's the what going to range for you? Yeah, for me, everyone thinks I'm a little maniac when I say this stuff, but I will always say zero to 100 because it depends on where you are financially. I get a lot of no-money-down deals, which is why I teach people how to get no-money-down deals. So it's a thing where... I will never say there's a certain amount you need to have because if you grind and you negotiate with that landlord, you can literally get a no money down deal. So for that first month, don't need to pay nothing because you're then setting out the property and making it look cute. But in saying that, the property's already set. 
Like, I never get um, properties where I have to do it up as well. Because mm -hmm. I feel like in this world of rent to rent, people teach you, you know, to, you know, get a good deal. You need to tell the landlord you're refurbishing the house. Personally, for me, why would I do that? Why am I spending money on someone's house that's not mine? Do you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. saying that, I literally say zero to 500 plus. Because if you're in a financial situation where you can't afford that first month rent, we can negotiate with the landlord. You could do one month off, two months off, depending on the landlord. And then if we're in a situation where like you're financially good, you could then pay that first month rent or deposit. Totally up to you. But once again, I never like have a limit of numbers for people because of my experience. Okay. That's good. I mean, like on in on in high like, you know, to play devil's advocate, I would say although you can negotiate a lot, you know, with with anything, your negotiation standpoint often comes from what you're offering. So yeah. if you're negotiating no money like so I would just say, although it could be great that I'm sure there are deals and I'm not disputing that you can dispute deals that are no money down. If we're both negotiating with the same landlord and you're trying to get a month off or two months off or no deposit, whatever the case may be, and I'm coming in with capital and I say, look, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pay you from day one. I'm going to pay a deposit. However, you know, I, I want to get £100 off the rent and pay £100 less. Sometimes you have to look at what you have in any given scenario. So if you have the capital, use your capital to negotiate a better deal. Yeah, if you yeah. don't have the capital then potentially you can look at those types of deals. But, I mean, it's interesting to hear the different standpoints on, you know, what it takes to get a deal, you know, across the line in rent-to-rent. -rent. Yeah. Okay. My next question I have personally would be, obviously, objection handling. Because, yeah. you know, rent-to-rent -rent is becoming... Well, I, my, 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 my personal opinion is, like, rent-to-rent -rent is becoming more known about whereas like five years ago when you approached a landlord to say you wanted to do like a corporate let or um you know a guaranteed rent contract a lot of them weren't aware of that whereas now there's a lot more competition um and people are aware which is good because they're aware of what you're selling them but yeah. then the downside is that there's a lot of competition mm. so can we can we do it can we do a demo call can, can i be the landlord down, I can. You're yeah. down, yeah? Okay, I'm going to be the landlord. I'm going to be yeah. a nice landlord. I'm not going to be your, but I'm just going to be like, so how would you, where do you typically source your your leads from? Where do I source them from? Like, so what, like, you know, where, you know, if, you, do you, if you're going direct to landlord, do you use stuff like Open Rent and Gumtree and different, you know, things like that? So, okay. So let's, let's imagine you're, you're cold calling me as a landlord or you're either, where do you want to do? Do you want to do the call or do you want to do at the property? Which one do you, actually, let's do the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are you, are you ready? Are you are you in your are you in your zone? Are you not even gonna lie, guys? I've got a bit of a headache, so if I move a bit, mm, it's because I've got a headache. But I'm don't just... worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We, we work, you know what I mean. We're gonna manifest your greatness here. So, <laughs> okay. So you're calling me. Mm -hmm. Hello, this is uh, Curtis. How can I help? Hello, hi. Hi, so I'm looking on Open at the moment and I see your property in L6. It's a five bit. Is that still available? It is, yeah. Oh, good, perfect. So this property looks perfect. I'd love to take over this property. As I am a property manager, I'm not an agent. I do not charge fees. And what I tend to do is rent to rent for land. Sorry, no, I messed up. No. What I it's do. It's all right, it's all right. Just flow, flow, flow. No pressure. I had bugging. But yeah. What I tend to do is, 
I do. Sorry, guys, my head right now is in a whole other world. <laughs> One second, I need to compose myself because I've got such a bad headache. I took I whatever it's called, nerven. Ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my yeah. head still banging right now, so I'm just trying to be in my. It's room. Right. And obviously, I lied to you. I told you, you know, that we were just gonna have a casual conversation. Now you're having to pitch a deal, but I feel <laughs> like pressure makes diamonds is which is why i'm yeah. gonna put you under pressure which is why people are gonna come and see why they should you know choose you as their rent to rent advocate or provider when it comes to explaining them courses but um yeah. okay so look so, so we'll start with basically okay so look you've called me and just explain who you are and what you're doing yeah okay let me go let's go hi so my name's abby and yeah my name's abby and currently i'm looking at your property in l6 I believe it's in Kensington, am I correct? And that's in Liverpool? That's right, yeah. Perfect. Well, this property looks amazing. So what I'd love to do is offer you guaranteed rent. And with this property, I believe I can offer you, let's say we start off with a 12-month contract. And mm -hmm. I know you definitely love my services, 100%. And also, what I do is free marketing. Once again, I don't charge fees. I'm paying you. So would you be open to, for example... £750 for your four-bed property over in Liverpool. Okay, so I don't know the numbers over there, but let's say, for example, I said, like, I'm open to the, you know, the number. The number sounds right. You know, you're within the ballpark. But um, my first question would be, look, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not charging me anything and, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not so like me as a landlord, I might say, look, you're not charging me anything. <clears throat> you're saying you're going to guarantee my rent. Like, but why do you do this then? So the reason why I do this is because I love to build my property portfolio. So I believe I'm currently managing, let's say, up to 15 in Liverpool at the moment. So your one will be great. And once again, what I do is I just make my landlords happy, to be honest with you. I don't really care about the profit side of things. But what I do care about is to help people get more within their property and let landlords be rent-free. With stress. Okay. Okay, that's like, so a stress-free. So it's the stress-free approach. Because I think, don't worry, I'm, I'm putting you under a lot of pressure, aren't I? At least, I've actually got a headache, and then this is happening. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Don't worry. So what I would say, I like the pitch, like I like it. I think what you need to, like what everybody needs to understand is when you're dealing with landlords, particularly from the rent-to-rent -rent pitch, you have different types of landlords. So you have what I would classify as the emotional landlord. They're the landlord that, you know, their property is their baby. Maybe they had a house, their partner had a house, they moved in together, and they're now renting out that house that was like their family home and their primary investment and their biggest investment for the first time. And so speaking to somebody like you, they're like, I love it. She loves my property. She wants to look after it. This person is going to be the best person I can find to look after my property. Now, that being said, you've also got the other person that's on completely the other side. They're, you know, what we would just call your typical investor. They've got their financial head on. So if you say I don't care about money to that financial person, that could potentially be, you know, alarm bells because they're thinking, wait, if you don't care about money, then, you know, although, you know, you may have a passion, you don't know you at this point in time. If I say that, yeah, it's because it's got nothing to do with them. I don't like them landlords where they're too inner because, look, there could be a good deal, yeah. They've listed their property for a certain amount. And then I can see, I can make like 700 profit of that property. If they know my like plan, they know I'm doing it obviously per room. Mm. But if they know my plan, why would I do that? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean, sorry? So, for example, yeah, there's some landlords that are very inner, where they're like, oh, so what money are you making, blah, blah, blah. I always go around that question because it's actually got nothing to do with them. Because if they know what I can do on their property, they will try up for more rent. So if we mm. negotiate on a certain amount, we're going to stick to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. Um, which, yeah, makes sense because you've got a contract. So if you stick to, you know, stick to the agreement. Yeah. However, I think the, the reality is what you need, what every rent-to-rent -rent provider needs to remember as well, is that you're offering a service. Yeah. Um, so you're offering a service, which is to offer the guaranteed rent, and like you said, to create basically stress-free, like a stress-free investment. So yeah. how I used to pitch it to people, which again everybody has a different pitch, yeah. was effectively I'd be saying, "Oh my god, just open by itself." Um, I would be saying to people, like, basically, look, do you know what? Yes, I'm going to make money. Like, you know, I can even be transparent of how much I'm making. But what I'm doing is, in this instance, a property that's a buy-to-let property typically is an investment vehicle that yeah. is, has quite a lot of ambiguity in terms of what if a tenant moves out, there's void periods. What if something breaks, you've got, you know, maintenance issues and with all sorts of different things. Whereas by me offering you guaranteed rent, I've taken what can be a slightly volatile investment into something that's a lot more straightforward and is more like of a typical investment vehicle in that you're going to get a fixed percentage of returns for the duration of the contract. Um, and you will get people that want to know that there are, you know, the other question I would have asked is if, if for example, somebody, you know, wants to understand the model because people have a right to understand, you know, if you're going to rent to multiple people, like, mm. you know, why should they do Why can't they do it themselves? And mm. the reason is because not everybody is an expert. With you, with your five years of experience, you know how you have now have the systems in place to mitigate mm. risk so you have much lower void periods. You have a process in place for doing the viewings. You potentially have people that are re actively ready to do viewings every day of the week, Monday to Friday. Whereas as an owner, they're potentially not in that position and can't mm. deliver that. Yeah. Exactly. And somebody asked, um, Georgia asked, no, Georgia, you do need to let the landlord know that you are renting out to a room. You will never lie to them and say, oh, no, we're just doing family. But that's all they need to know. We don't need to tell them how much you're doing per room because that's when they start getting greedy and thinking, well, it's my property. Let me get this much then, do you know? So that's why I just negotiate with the landlord. That's it with him. And now it's my time to get the money from your property. <laughs> Literally. Okay. And then okay. Tom said, um, you offer guaranteed rent, what if... Okay, so if there's a tenant that doesn't pay, legally now, yeah, all you have to do is email them in black and white. You give them two weeks' notice. If they don't pay, you basically, you can evict them because you literally can email them. Like, I remember um, one of my friends who does this, um, she had a tenant, and the police asked her, well, did they email you? Because you can literally email them now. I and think, just, just for clarity, though, that is if they're on a um, a lodger's agreement, not an AST. So you'd have to be living in the property with them to be able what, to do that. For two weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well that, like, well, that police, this one was actually in Liverpool. And the it, does, it, it doesn't matter where it is. If less, like, for example, 
yeah, there's a, a criminal a criminal element to what they've done. Mm. Um, you know, and there's something to do with the police that's outside of the tenancy agreement, something that supersedes maybe yeah. the agreement. It, that was but it. Is it but okay. if they have a if they have a license, like yeah, so effectively, if it's like um like a license, which in most cases, even if you grant a license for a tenant, mm. if they're clearly on an AST, like so, if the t if they are a tenant, regardless if you grant them a license, in the same way that a tenancy can be deemed as verbal, um, if they if it's like the same as um, you know, like I don't know if you're familiar with like the contractors and um the becoming what's it called the contractors that are now deemed as employ employees if you're treating somebody like an employee it doesn't matter if you have them on a contractor's agreement they're an employee by what they do and the same with a tenant so yeah, you have to be very careful with that if somebody it doesn't matter if you put them on a license if you don't meet the terms of a license and that contract is the same as an a or what they're doing is the same as an assured shorthold tenancy agreement then yeah, definitely just, just for, from my side, I can't advise that you do that because you'd be in breach and you could be potentially liable for um, you know, a high amount of fines um, on top of also having to pay back the rent to the, get the said, like said tenant for an illegal eviction. That being said, obviously, in terms of mitigating risk, effectively by having multiple tenants, your egg, your, not all your eggs are in one basket. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So... If you know, if you look at if you're let into a family and there's potentially one one breadwinner or one person, um, you know, bringing in the income. If that person, you know, for whatever reason loses their job or can't pay for a month, there's nobody to pay. Whereas if you've got five tenants in the property, um, then why is it effectively you've got multiple? Relax. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> like if you've got five tenants in the property then you, you mitigate your risk by having multiple income sources. And the bigger your portfolio gets, like, like you said, like now you've got 15 properties in an area, your pitch effectively to the landlord, and do you know what I mean? Your, your upsell is the fact that because you've got 15 properties, each of them have five tenants, you've now got 75 tenants. So even if mm. one tenant doesn't pay, two tenants don't pay, three tenants don't pay, four tenants, you've still got, through economies of scale, the ability to guarantee your, um, your, your tenant's rents. I mean, sorry, your landlord's rents. Yeah. So then, what what made you, like, I know you said about your daughter mm -hmm. um, was like a driver behind things. Yeah. Did you have, but you, you, you were already, you were already outwardly doing it and it just helped you to streamline, um, streamline the process in regards, in, like, you know, in, in regards to what you were wanting to do. Well, obviously the pandemic has changed quite a lot. Yeah. Um, how would you say rent to rent is still viable in the current market? Of course, even better, better now compared to any other time. Literally, like I feel like when we're speaking to a lot of these landlords, yeah, it I feel like they connect with you as a person when they're speaking with you. Like literally, they will connect with you as a person. I feel like when I speak personally, when I speak to landlords, they really connect with me, and that's how we could build our relationship when it comes to maybe viewing the property for the next steps, what I offer, and then literally signing the contract. And so I feel like now, I feel like people think rent to rent is very congested just due to so many people knowing about it and things like that. But in saying that, it's the pitch. People mm, uh, speak 
yeah like people can actually speak and that's why yeah in my mastermind i put a whole script for people you know what literally my script so they know exactly what to say so it can avoid any objections any questions literally so when it comes to this whole thing it's a thing where i personally feel it's actually your pitch if your pitch yeah. is, you're not sounding confident yeah they're more likely to say no but if you sound very experienced and you're speaking to them on a positive vibe because people also do this they will have a bad conversation with one landlord and that same energy they're going to put it in this other landlord it, it, it so you I need think, to, i think yeah, yeah you've definitely mentioned two two key things there you if if you want to get into rent to rent in my mind and i think from what i've just said if you want to get into rent to rent and something that's sales focused you have to be able to deal with rejection because yeah. for every phone call you make and that you get a good you have a good response you're going to have 10 or 20 more that potentially are a bad response or a no, or maybe yeah. somebody hanging up the phone or somebody saying, I've heard this, or somebody saying I'm not interested or that. So you have to be, a, you have to be relatively thick skinned. I think the other thing that you mentioned, which is key. Um, and I think is really important is, you know, in most businesses, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not, you know, creating something brand new that nobody's ever done before. But what you are doing is you're looking at looking at an area, so be that rent to rent, and looking at how you can provide a better service than the existing people in the market. Because when I, when you know when you first start speaking to somebody, and if you've got negative people in your life, and you're saying, oh, "I want to do X, I want to open a barbershop," mm. they're going to tell you, "Oh, but there's so many barbershops already," or "I want to open a food." There's so many food shops already, but yeah. it's not just you're not trying to create a new idea. You're just trying to be the best about what you're doing. Everyone's got their own pitch. And I think it's great that, you know, as part of your mastermind, you give out your pitch. And I also think it's good that people need to understand that pitch works, needs to work for them. Yeah. So yeah. they have to be able to be, like you said, they have to, what you just said is confidence. If you're not confident delivering a pitch, create one that you are confident in delivering. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think like somebody who was it was, um, was mentioning about, you know, about having to tell, you know, um, owners or your landlords potentially what you're doing so my pitch when i was doing it in terms of my first foot in the door there was there was a mixture so i would just like call up a landlord and i'd just say hi you know look i've just seen your property in x location it looks great it's amazing i love the rooms like build that positive energy that vibe because everyone wants to hear what they've done is great already so it looks mm -hmm. perfect and then my initial question would yeah i love it but i just want to know would you be open to sharers yeah. so I'm not saying guaranteed rent off the bat. I'm not, but I'm just saying, look, would you be open to sharers? Because then that's opening the initial conversation to say, look, because some people, it's not because you're a company. They just want a family home. They just want a family, which is fine. But like, if you, that you've already created, you know, a level of understanding of what they want from the actual, the property itself. And most of um, I tend to get properties that are already HMO. Like, mm -hmm. for example, it's from Spare Room. So they're mm. doing HMO with it. So it's not even a thing where I have to be like, you know, try to push them on it because they're already doing it. So it's okay. easier in that way as well. Okay, so you're trying to do more of a transition of services as opposed to like a change of, not full-on change of use, but a yeah. change of use on how you're trying to deliver the property. Okay, let's get into, we had a couple of um, specific questions. So I'm going to put this one up now from, um, oh, I was going to close that door and it closed itself because I just manifested it. Um, how long do you make the contracts with your tenants? Um, Shambles has asked. 
How long do I make it? Six to twelve. Yeah, with 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 the, how long is your contract with the landlords, and how long is it with generally with your tenants? So some landlords could be a year, some five. I don't really do, mm -hmm. but I can if I want to. And with tenants, six to twelve months or longer, totally up to them. But normally, normally I do six to twelve months just because they don't want to be in the contract for too too long sometimes. So I mm -hmm. do first and then we renew after. Yeah, that makes sense because you don't want somebody that doesn't want to be in the house and somebody you don't want and vice versa you don't want someone that you don't want in the house so i think a lot of the time a tenancy agreement is like a relationship it's a little bit of testing stage to work out if they're a right fit for the property for the rest of your tenants and for you as the guaranteed rent provider um so this is a question again it says says uh what was your cash flow like before you went into rent to rent um and average return now to be honest my cash flow not gonna okay if you look into my life i hardly did any nine to five jobs i was never really that person so i wouldn't even lie i wouldn't say oh you know i used to work nine to five i was hardly a nine to five person i only did summer jobs when i was in uni literally but um mm. in saying that cash flow of course now is I, I don't want to say figures, but it, it's a lot compared to what I obviously was in when I wasn't doing rent to rent. Because the whole point of rent to rent is that compound effect. Like one mm -hmm. house, imagine one house you're making 500, another house you're making 900. Like you can, by the way, one of my deals I'm actually making 900. Um, but yeah, like there's different, it's all different. And this is why the more properties you have, the more money that's coming your way. So, yeah, nothing, look. I think that's, that's, that's good advice. Definitely, you do have to make sure that each of those properties is worthwhile because yeah. in a great market, you know, the properties manage themselves. In, yeah. you know, when the lockdown, downwards market potentially, you know, those properties can cause a strain on your cash flow overall yeah. if you have higher voids, if you don't have, if, you don't, if the margins aren't high enough yeah. to justify, you know, your involvement in that property. But just looking at what you want to get out of it. I've got an example. I've got a property that I've had, I actually had it since, 2009 um so you're in 2021 now had that property on a rent to rent since then it cash flows over a thousand pounds a month so that property's made me you know excess and it close to 150,000 pounds now over the term that i've had it um but you know you don't always get these properties but the more you put yourself out there the yeah. more you you know work hard the more deals you get the longer you keep a property for as well the more likely that your know, rents are going to go up. Potentially, the landlords aren't looking for a hike in rent if you're providing a great service, yeah. and you can um, increase your earnings from those properties. Feels another good question that came through. Um, where was it? So I don't know if you do this, um, but Jamal ninety six wanted um, both of our opinions on rent to SA in terms of the advantages and disadvantages. And the rest of the question was just, um, and is it con still viable considering lockdown or, you know, COVID in general? Uh, so personally for me, I would do rent SA if I'm a beginner mm. because I personally just so bad. My phone is ringing mm. and I need to take a <laughs> Okay. But yeah, um, with rent to SA, sorry, is my live acting up? Because my phone's ringing and I'm trying to go. Is, can you guys... Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. We can hear the vibration, but it's gone. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So personally, I would say do rent to rent first. 
to build that cash flow because with rent to service accommodation essentially you're it's more on my end i feel like it's more of a risk because you're actually just waiting for booking to come in through airbnb or booking.com or whatever it is and so i would say in order for you to be secure get a couple rent to rent first so if you do a rent to essay then after if maybe you weren't you didn't get the bookings that you hoped for you're still covered and you're not at a loss rent to rent that's my opinion yeah, I think, no i think i think that's definitely good advice um i've done a few rent to essays um but i would say for those you really need to focus on you know high demand areas so, you know, like London, you want to be in zone one, like yeah. Liverpool, you want to be right near the centre, same with Manchester, Birmingham, there needs to be a demand for what you're providing, you know, so whether it's because it's right in the centre or right next to an airport, we need to look at where your demand's going to come from. Um, in terms of obviously during COVID, it made it a lot less viable. But again, like I said, a lot of the time, in times where there's a lot of threats to the market, there's also opportunities. So I know some people that their rent to um, SAs, their essays were taken over by the council who were doing like ho homeless accommodation during the period and they were paying for it because because of covid you couldn't have people mixing so we're having people in individual units um so there's always an opportunity to pivot within any space if you're creative but i think like abby mentioned there is more risk in rent to SA. so if you can mitigate your risk by having a stable income you can then potentially take more more risks in the future to benefit from the higher rewards in SA because you've kind of covered your back from a cash flow perspective. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, this is a good question from um, Shambles again. How do you choose the right um, property and the right tenants? Okay, so first off, let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm looking in Birmingham. I'll look at anything next to the city centre because I want to target professional workers personally if we're trying to look for maybe students make sure it's next to a university and then to get the right tenants you make sure you reference check them for one and see if they have um any previous landlords or maybe agencies that they were with so that you can ask on their behalf have they had any voids in payment and things like that just do your other background check on them so you feel secure when you accept them into the home have you um i've seen some rent to rent providing some landlords and now doing crb checks is that something you've implemented at all mm. the crbs are like a crimi criminal um record check effectively i haven't done that one i actually just use um the ref a referencing system and i also mm -hmm. do so basically to even i make sure they have this i'll get their numbers. Oh my gosh, is my connection acting up? Can you guys no. hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. So I had to mute somebody as well who's calling me. Oh, because yeah. I heard myself. I was in. Exactly. But yeah, so. Oh, I, I don't think people. Is it? Can't people hear? I can hear you. Can anyone else hear me? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty. If I can hear you, I'm pretty sure everybody else is back on now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so yeah, I think just from um, I was asking about um, the CRB, and you were saying you personally don't use them; you use a referencing company. Yeah, 
And what I do is I make sure I speak to the landlords as well who's used them and also agencies just to get a background check on them as well. Do my due diligence okay. in that area. That's it. Because really, obviously, you know, finding the right property um, to make sure it fits your requirements is what's going to mean that you can guarantee to get the demand from your rooms. And then finding the right tenants are what's going to make sure you get paid, you can pay your landlord, and you also make a profit. So I think it's a really good question. And getting the, both, the best of both of those is um, going to be really important. Okay, here's another question now. What about damages to the property? Who is liable? So basically, you should cover damages if it's from the tenants, but you should have a deposit um, on their end. So let's say maybe they've um, damaged something. So, for example, I don't know, uh, a microwave. I don't know, but yeah. I don't actually get damages on my ones. But if there was a damage, I'll make sure it's the tenants who I held liable. But in saying that, if you don't want to take deposit off the tenants, you can also just do the first month rent and last month rent because that could be somehow a deposit as well. So any damages, the last month rent can cover that too. You have to be... Um, so if you take your... Because this is the other thing that I say to people. Mm. In, 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 in guaranteed rent and rent to rent, and talk, people talk about needing money to set up and how much money you need and where I'd advise people spend money. If you don't have one, you should spend your money on your contract with your, te with your landlord and your contract with your tenant. Because effectively, your contracts are what guarantee your money. The contract yeah. with the landlord guarantees that you can continue renting the property from them, particularly if you've invested your time and efforts in making that property cash flow well. Your property with the tenants are what guarantee that you get paid from the tenants. Now, in regards to first and last month's rent, you can take your you can take a first and last month's rent as long as it's explicitly outlined in the tenancy agreement that mm. that is exactly what it is. It's your first and last month's rent mm. and isn't deemed as a deposit in any way. So, uh, for someone who just said you can't, you can, but it cannot be deemed and has to be explicitly stated to the tenant that it will not be used as a deposit for damages um, yeah. at any point in the tenancy. Um, but obviously, it's a good way to cash flow your, your business. Um, in terms of the damages and repairs, like you said, you were spot on. You know, if the tenant damages something, generally speaking, their tenancy agreement would say they're liable for that damage. And so it can be taken from their, you know, from their tenancy, from their deposit. And the deposit would be held with one of the, you know, the number of um, deposit protection services that are, um, that are that, you know, outlined um, by, by the government. Um, and you can use you can use those. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, everybody's got an opinion on stuff. Amber, I just looked to your comments. Um, but again, our contract was um, we used it for over. I think we used it for over four hundred tenants. We used it for over six years. It did go to it did go to court in an instance, and it was upheld. Um, but again, it's, if it's explicitly stated in your tenancy that this, this rent in advance is exactly that and it's not a deposit and it cannot be used as one. But again, everyone's got an opinion, which is great, which is one of the great things. And obviously, if you're not comfortable with that, then I wouldn't advise using that and just go for a conventional deposit scheme. Um, OK, let's go to another question. Which question would I like to um... I've asked that question. 
So go on. In the meantime, while I'm finding a good question, give me one of your, give me like a property hack or something to do with rent to rent, a tip that you'd like to throw out there for everyone that's either thinking of starting out or doing it already, some advice that you'd give somebody. Okay, so I'll say you don't really need high experience when it comes to rent to rent. Not going to lie, it's all about your confidence. And maybe people are against me in this, but you don't need to tell the landlord, oh, this is my first property. Because sometimes when you speak like that, yeah, they're more likely to say no. This is, like, for me personally, when I did my one, not once did they, first off, you don't need a portfolio. Some people be like, oh, you need a portfolio. You don't need a portfolio. I never use a portfolio. I never had a website, neither, because I know some people think you need a website. I just literally used myself to bring you. I was confident in what I was showing them, and they, they liked me as a person, and I did perfect in their property. They had no issues, no voids at all. So if you want to get into this game, I will never say, like, oh, you need to be highly experienced in this area. It's you. It's all about you having the right tools in place, which I do provide, by the way. It's all about you having the right tools in place. And once you use those tools, you will be getting properties like no other, for real. And it's about you believing in yourself and not letting a landlord put you down due to them saying no. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good advice. I do think, you know, what you said in regards to not letting certain things, um, like, stick. So, like, for example, not having your website yet doesn't mean you can't go out there proactively to, you know, source property or to engage with landlords. Um, if you're confident and you can make the deal make sense for the landlord, then you can secure a property, which is great. Um, and I think it's good advice. Obviously, once you've, you know, started to secure properties, though, for your credibility and to make your job easier... Of course, yeah. after that, you know, you can get your website, get, you know, your documentation up. So it's just easier because at the end of the day, this is all about trying to make your life as easy as possible as a salesperson. The more tools you have at your disposal, the easier it is to either deal with objections or, um, you know, or to help you secure more properties. I think last question I think we're going to answer here is um, one from George. Actually, I think I'll just touch on something Alfred said. So like, which is um, in regards to what you said. You don't need to know, know everything, but you do need to have an education in terms of not a property education, but you need to know what you're delivering. Because for you to deliver a great level of service, yeah. you need to be confident enough that you know what you're going to deliver, how you're going to deliver the whole process in general. Is but, that um, George's question was, or George, George's question was, how, how time-consuming is rent to rent and can you do it alongside another job first of yeah i always push my students that yeah it's all about your time management you have to be organized never use an excuse to say thank you shambles shambles <laughs> but yeah never use an excuse yeah and say oh my gosh work at the end of the day we want to build our own business empire okay so let's say you work a nine to five for example that means when you come home, have your lunch, dinner, whatever, but then maybe six to seven, have that hour to call people. Weekends, are you free on weekends? Have that time to make calls to people. When anyone's working, they do have days off. So when people use maybe an excuse of, oh my gosh, work, headache, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you work night shifts. So the time you work night shifts, during the day, you could be making calls to landlords. 
not gonna lie, it's not time consuming at all. I personally don't think. But maybe it's because I've got my whole tools in place. I've got my script. I know what I'm saying to them. But in saying that, that's why, yeah, with all my students in what I do, my mastermind, I give them everything they need. I haven't missed no gaps, no loophole anywhere. I give them everything. So it's literally up to you to take it and do it. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. you can do it, even if you have work. Yeah, I think I think that's again some good advice there. It definitely is about time management, about trying to put, you know, systemize it. If you know that you don't have the time, you know, if you're if you're sourcing properties maybe outside of your area, looking for a viewing assistant or looking for a way that you can deliver the level of service you want without having to be fully available all the time. I think definitely um there is a degree of, you know, at the beginning it doesn't take that much time. But in a point when you start to, you know, maybe have 10 properties and you've got 50 tenants, it can become time consuming. But maybe at that point, your 10 properties is making you £5,000 a month. Maybe that's more than you were making from your job. And you can have a trade-off to say, you know what, I would rather do this full-time now. But it's all about what you're trying to do and, um, you know, what you're trying to achieve in, in various different ways. Mm. Um, I think that will be the last question um, that I'll ask you directly, Abby. I'd yeah. like to say thank you for coming on today to talking to everybody about Rent to Rent. Um, if people have just logged in and or they're listening to this later on Spotify or, you know, Amazon or, or any of the other podcast platforms, what's your Instagram? Where can they find you if, they, if they've got further questions for you? Okay, so my Instagram is it's I-T-S Abby mm -hmm. B-I then O-N-I-R-U O-N-I-R-U Abby, it's Abby. Mm -hmm. that's my Instagram and guys I have a 40% off discount at the moment for my um, two day crash course so literally you can learn everything within the weekend but my next slots are literally September but you can learn everything literally within the weekend recordings available um, for 24 hours because I record it just in case you can't make it mm. but yeah and then you could start taking action right away like, you don't need to wait. And I also have one-to-one -one mentoring as well. And, yeah. Okay, so that's great. So if you have just locked in, remember, you can reach out Sorry, to guys, directly. I'm going to put it in the chat quickly. Someone said put it in the chat. No sorry, problem. Guys, when okay. this goes live on um, Instagram, you can... Oh, sorry, on YouTube, you can also make sure you go to the comment section and put your app there. When um, it's on Spotify, you know... Everyone, she said it. She said her name. You can go and find her. We are live each and every week. Um, next week, we have the last episode of season two. And I'll be releasing everybody who's going to be on season three. So I know we're going to be speaking to some massive, in property, some massive property investors, some more people in rent to rent, some more people that are doing flips, some people that are investing outside of London, some people that have gone from being professional footballers to property investors and talk about that transition. There's so many different things and places, you know, where you can get involved to learn about property. So log in to myself, Property by Kazi, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff each and every Sunday, 6 p.m. Abby, everybody, it's been a pleasure. We'll catch you all next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.